If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Kimbalina and other patrons. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstone. Okay, everybody, let's go ahead and start off today with the big news. I'm not going to bury the headline at all. Uh, and that's that Nintendo has finally unveiled their pricing for their online strategy. So uh, this is coming in. Well, first off, let's let's start with the fact that they're delaying it till 2018. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to play games online. It means that they won't be charging for it until 2018. Uh, so let's go through the whole page and you know I'll read stuff and then I'll stop and, and give my analysis. Uh, so it says here, this paid service lets Nintendo Switch owners enjoy online multiplayer gaming as well as a dedicated smartphone app that connects to your Nintendo Switch system and helps you connect with friends for online play sessions. Now, we've talked about their plan extensively on the last episode. If you haven't listened to that, I suggest you go back and listen to it. Um, Hori had come out with this um, contraption to try and get around Nintendo's not having voice chat directly on the Switch uh, because the voice chat is essentially coming through your phone and then the game audio is coming through your Switch so Hori came out with like a small mixer that you can plug stuff into. Uh, you plug your switch into it, you plug your phone into it, and then you plug the headphones into that. And it takes the two signals and mixes them together so that you can uh, hear the game audio and your friends talking at the same time with one set of headphones. Um, we still don't know if Nintendo has a better solution to that because Nintendo is notoriously tight-lipped about stuff. I really find it irritating that they're not telling us this stuff yet. But anyway, let's move on. On the page it says, check back for more details on the service before official launch. So uh, right now, if you're curious, what am I reading? I'm looking at nintendo.com slash switch slash online dash service. Let's keep going. It says... Free until 2018. So online play on Nintendo Switch. It says you'll be able to play compatible co-op and competitive games online by signing in with your Nintendo account. Online play will be free for Nintendo account holders until our paid online service launches in 2018. After the free trial period, most games will require a paid online service subscription from Nintendo in order to play online. Now notice there it says most games, not all games. My guess is if it let's say that you're playing Pokemon. I don't think that Pokemon is going to require online because 90% of that game is an offline kind of game and like okay, my math doesn't add up. 95% is an offline style game and then 5% of it at least for me is trading and stuff. So my guess is, like, let's, you know what I, I actually foresee happening probably is they would make it so that Pokemon trading, you don't have to pay for the online for that. But if you want to do online battles, then you do. 
Um, there's no way that they would make you do local battles through that, though. So I don't think that that would be an issue. That's just speculation on my part. It then says, this service is only for Nintendo Switch. It does not affect online play features for Wii U or 3DS family of systems. So that's that's good. All right, you're you're gonna if you if you are a 3DS person or if you're a Wii U person, you are going to continue getting exactly what you have always gotten. Uh, this is only for the Switch. Uh, that was starting that that the thing that I just read. That's free until 2018. So in 2018, you'll have to start paying for that. What do we get in 2018? for our money, which I still haven't told you the price. Uh, I'm sure that if you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, you probably already know the price. Coming in 2018, online lobby and voice chat. Uh, So online lobby, that's kind of nebulous. We don't really know what they mean by that. I'm sure that Nintendo will explain probably at the last possible moment, hopefully, hopefully at E3. I really do hope that they talk about this at E3 and explain what's going on here. Uh, But online lobby and voice chat, it says, our new dedicated smart device app, that's for your phone, will connect to the Nintendo Switch and let you invite friends to play online, set play appointments, and chat with friends during online matches in compatible games, all from your smart device. Okay, so let's let's look at one line in here that, that I think is really important. One of the lines in here that's very, very important it says, our new dedicated smart device app will connect to your Nintendo Switch. So there is going to be some kind of connection going from your phone to your Switch. These are not separate. Separate? These are not separate. So wh- how are they going to do that? My guess is that they're going to be using Bluetooth, which explains why currently... We don't have Bluetooth audio on the Switch. And again, this is just speculation. I've not heard from anybody. There's no rumors going around. This is just speculation from Bill. Okay? So if I am right about this, and I really hope that I am, it makes a lot of sense. Okay? They are offloading the CPU and RAM tasks of your phone, or a voice onto the phone, and then letting letting your phone take care of that and then sending the data to the switch then maybe you only put your headphones into the switch and you're all set now i don't know if that's true and it is it the best solution absolutely not it's absolutely not the best solution the best solution would be just to put your um voice comms directly on the switch and never have a, a phone at all i know that nintendo is talking about how this is a handheld device or, or it's a device that you can take on the go. So they want to get your phone in there somewhere, I guess. I'm Honestly, all I want this for is for a Wi-Fi hotspot. I don't, I, I don't want my phone for anything other than a Wi-Fi hotspot. I still think that this uh, way of doing things is bad. If I'm right, if, if what they are going to do is somehow have the phone uh, send the data to the switch, then I think that's probably the best of the bad if that makes sense. All right, let's move on. Uh, It does say a free limited version of this app will be available for download in summer 2017. Well, summer begins June 21st, okay? The next game that comes out after June 21st would be Splatoon 2. I almost guarantee that the 
that the app is launching with Splatoon 2, which tells me that Nintendo has got to explain the voice stuff that they have uh, talked about or that they've not been talking about at E3 next week or is it the week after? I'm looking at my calendar right now. And okay, it's the it's it's a week from today basically is when E3 starts. In addition, coming 2018, we've got a classic. Oh, hold on, I'm looking in chat and because uh, I'm recording this live at Twitch.tv/RunJumpStomp. And Kodiak Moonwolf says maybe it connects like the parent parental controls app does from the smartphone. Okay, that's true. Um, the parental controls uses the internet uh, to connect to your smartphone because. I've used the parental controls on my son's. Um, he wanted to play Street Fighter or Ultra Street Fighter 2. And for some reason, that game is rated. Uh, I'm going to pause and look. All right. I just pulled uh, Street Fighter 2 out of my backpack. And it's rated T for Teen. I've played a hell of a lot of Street Fighter 2 in my day. And I'm okay with my 8-year-old playing this game. It's not that big a deal. Right, he, he'll, Although he'll be 9 uh, very soon next week. Um, so anyway, I, I logged in to my app on my phone and I connected to his switch. Well, I opened up the settings for his switch and I changed it. I increased it at his age to like, or not his age, but the restriction. I brought the restriction up to, I think it was like 13 and then it let him play it. Uh, but what I did was I, I changed it to to that, and then I, I hit the submit button, and then it says updating. And then I looked at his switch, and then it popped up, and it says your restrictions have been changed or modified or something like that. And then he was able to play the game. Uh, basically, what I, what I did is I just kept increasing it one year uh, because they have a very granular. I don't understand why they don't do it on here. Um, they say T for teen on here, but... Apparently, ESRB ratings are actually based on age. So I, I, I kept increase. Actually, I don't think thirteen worked. I think fourteen worked. Uh, so I kept increasing the rating based on the age, um, which I think is cool because there might be a T for teen game that is really only appropriate if you're seventeen. I'm not too worried about my son's switch though because he's not going to get games that I don't buy him. So that's not really a big deal. All right, moving on. Uh, so maybe the uh, Switch and the uh, communications app works through that way, although that seems a little clunkier because then you're going to have to have your Switch on Wi-Fi in order to talk to your phone. Um, we'll see. I don't know how it's going to work. All right, what else do you get in 2018 when this comes out? You also get a uh, classic game selection and they said that the that the name is not uh set in stone they are currently trying to figure out what they're going to do with this uh it says subscribers will get to download a compilation of classic titles which with added with added online play such as Super Mario Brothers 3 Balloon Fight and Dr Mario okay when i look at this the first thing that jumps to mind is Super Mario Brothers 3 multiplayer. Like, wasn't that just take turns? How fun is that? I'm not looking forward to playing Super Mario Brothers 3 online. I'm looking forward to playing Super Mario Brothers 3, but I could not care less about playing it online unless they've got some other way to do it. Uh, the other two games very much have my interest. 
uh, Balloon Fight is a really fantastic game that I missed out on when I was uh, when I was younger. In fact, the opening music to this uh, podcast is the music from Balloon Fight. I think I think it is, if I remember correctly. And Balloon Fight is is uh, famously uh, one of the games that Satoru Iwata worked on uh, when he was first starting out. So. I played a lot of Joust, and Balloon Fight is basically Joust. And if you can imagine playing Balloon Fight online, where you've got basically, if you've never played it, you're these, you're this dude with a helmet, and you've got two balloons tied to your back, and you flap your arms to fly, to float, and then if you hit somebody from above, like if you bump into somebody from above them, it pops one of their balloons. If somebody hits you from above, it pops one of your balloons. And if you lose all of your balloons, you fall into the water below and die. And then you respawn. Uh, Then they'll have like these clouds with lightning shooting out of them and stuff. A very simple game. Very, very fun. But playing online would be an absolute riot. Uh, The other game that they said that they're bringing... uh, Well, okay. Let's be clear. They didn't actually say that these are the games that they're bringing. They said such as... So games like these, or maybe these, uh, was Dr. Mario. And this one has me really excited. Not because of online play for Dr. Mario, because I'm terrible at Dr. Mario. Um, it, it is. Kodiak Moonwolf in chat says, so it's like balloon battles in Mario Kart. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they got the idea from. That never even occurred to me. That's funny. Um. I'm excited for Dr. Mario just to have Dr. Mario on my Switch because my wife loves to play Dr. Mario and we've got Switch we've got three we have two Switches in the house. Uh and then I bought an, an extra Switch dock. So we're going to have a Switch dock in the bedroom TV. We've, we're going to have a Switch dock in the living room and then I have my Switch dock in in um in our, in my office and my wife and I can sit there, the kids will be watching TV or something, and I can slap the Switch dock in, in, in any of the rooms, basically, and uh, we can sit there and she can kick my butt at Dr. Mario, which she often does. She's very, very good at that game, and I'm terrible. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. So those are the classic game selections. Let's take a second and talk about what that means. So Kotaku... Uh, they reached out to, oh, this is a Polygon story. Where's the Kotaku story? Dang it. I lost it. Uh, they reached out to, um, Nintendo and they said, okay, so hold on a sec. Back when you first announced that you were going to have this online strategy, uh, Nintendo had said that you would get to download a game for the month and at the end of the month you wouldn't be, you would be able to buy it if you wanted and they actually said let me pause for a second because i want to find the actual quote because i don't want to get it right so i don't remember exactly what i was saying but the the gist of it was i wanted to look up the kotaku article and here's the update that 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 nintendo or that kotaku had posted so nintendo confirmed that this it, this monthly plan has indeed changed telling kotaku Nintendo Switch Online subscribers will have ongoing access to a library of classic games with added online play. Users can play as many of the games as they want, as often as they like, as long as they have an active subscription. Nintendo Switch Online subscribers 
we'll be able to play a, a wide variety of classic games, including Super Mario Bros. 3, Balloon Fight, and Dr. Mario. So those games are included. Okay, uh, More games will be announced at a later date. At launch of the Classic Game Library, which the title is name is subject to change, will include NES games. Super NES games continue to be under consideration, but we have nothing further to announce at this time. So, so far, it looks like it's just NES games, which, uh, that's kind of, that's not great. It would be it would be way better if it includes Super Nintendo games. So, if you want Super Nintendo games, make sure that you are tweeting at Nintendo and telling them that you want Super N Nintendo games for the subscription. It remains to be seen whether this classic service, oh, okay, so it says here, it remains to be seen whether this classic service will replace Nintendo's traditional virtual console, which allowed fans to buy old games on 3DS Wii, Wii U. Uh, when asked about the virtual console feature, Nintendo offered, we have nothing to announce on this topic. Okay, so then Polygon, I've done a bunch of research for this today, guys. I Usually I just kind of wing it, so you get, you're getting this something special. Um Polygon uh, said that uh, they had talked to Nintendo. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. This uh, Famitsu had talked to Nintendo. Uh, it was translated and posted to Polygon. And it says, Classic game selection, tentative name, is different from the virtual console, a spokesperson told the Japanese magazine. Uh, the, spokes the spokesperson then added that Nintendo's schedule for selling virtual console games is still undecided. Basically, it means that Nintendo is trying to figure out what they want to do with Virtual Console. Honestly, I think that they should just dump Virtual Console. Um, a lot of people are probably like trying to or getting their pitchforks out and torches and getting ready to to yell at me. The reason, and I, if you actually listen, I had another podcast that was called Run Jump Stomp, and the first, no, it's either it's it's one like in the first five episodes, I believe, uh, when they announced the NX. Like I said, this is what Nintendo needs to do in order to be successful. And one of the things that I said was that the virtual console needs to be a subscription service where we just pay a monthly fee, or in this case, it turned out to be a yearly fee, and I'll talk about that in a second, but where uh, we pay just a yearly fee or a monthly fee, and we get access to a big library of games. And we have access to them as long as we're paying the fee. And the reason why I think this is good for Nintendo and for the con consumer is because when I look, and it all depends on what the classic game selection looks like. If it's if it's a tiny little selection, then it's going to be like people are going to be mad about that. But if it's a wide variety of games, which like they just said, that it's a wide variety of games, and if it's got some really good games in there, then what you are then why is this good for the consumer let's start there this is good for the consumer because the consumer is not they're probably not going to go out and buy let's let's say that there's 50 games okay let's say that there's 50 games in the that's that might be pushing it i i i would love to have 50 games but let's say that there's 25 games Let's say that they've got 25 games in the selection at the at the beginning. I'm probably not going to spend $3 on 25 games. Especially because there's probably some games in there that I probably I don't really want. I might play them, 
if I had access to them, but I don't really want them all that much. So looking at that, I'm like, eh, whatever. I might not buy those. But for $10 or for a, a very small fee, having access to all of them, that that changes things for me. Now I'm excited to play those games because I I paid a small fee and I have access to all of them. Now, why is this good for an? That's why it's good for a consumer because the the consumer can get a lot more for the money. Now, true, you don't own the game, but you never really owned the game on Virtual Console either. It's a digital good; it can easily go away. I just hit my desk. Hopefully, the vibration wasn't going into the microphone. Um, hopefully, I no, not hopefully. Um, I lost my train of thought. Damn it, shiny things. Digital games, you don't actually own them. It's very easy for them to go away, uh, especially the way that Nintendo has handled digital games in the past. So now, if it's a, if it is a subscription that is tied to your account, let's say that I drop my Switch in a river, I can go get a new Switch, sign in, and now I can play those games again. And hopefully, we've got cloud saves to go along with it. They've got to have cloud saves with this. If they don't, that's a big mistake. So that's why it's good for the consumer. Let's talk about why it's good for Nintendo. It's good for Nintendo because I, as a consumer, look at this and I might say, well, okay, I've played Super Mario Brothers 3 a bunch of times. There's one or two games that I might like coming out this month on Virtual Console. I might get one of them. Okay, fine. Well, I bought one. And then the next month... There wasn't really anything that I really wanted, so I didn't buy any. And the month after that, there wasn't anything that I really wanted, so I didn't buy any. The next month, maybe there was something cool, so I bought one. Doing it that way, Nintendo is only getting money from me when something new is coming out. If I'm paying a subscription, especially a cheap subscription like this one, if I'm paying a subscription, then what's going to happen is I'm going to pay for that, and, and I will be like, well... I don't want to cancel my subscription. I'll lose access to all these games. So I'm likely going to keep it, especially because it's cheap. It's super cheap. Let's talk about how much it costs because it is ridiculous. Um, they also said included with your subscription is eShop deals. Special offers for subscribers may include, may include discounts on select digital games and content. So that's awesome. That's really awesome. Now, what are you paying for this, for this uh, subscription. All right, if you do a one-month membership, it's $4. Too much. If you do a three-month me- membership, it's $8. That's still probably too much. But if you do a 12-month membership, it's $20. $20 is ridiculously cheap. So if I get out a calculator, and I'm getting one out right now, and I take $20 divided by 12... That's a dollar fifty a month. That's less than I'm just looking. Yeah. If I do a one month subscription, that's four dollars versus a dollar fifty a dollar sixty, basically. That's more than a fifty percent discount. That's a really good price. Twenty dollars a year for a twelve month month membership to have access to a wide game selection 
of NES games. I don't know about you guys. I am a huge fan of NES games. I'm a bigger fan of Super Nintendo games, but I love both of those. And having a wide selection of those games available to me for $20 a year where I'm I'm not emulating, I'm not um, stealing because that's what emulation is, okay? And I'm not spending a ridiculous amount of money because basically this feels like free stuff to me because I'm going to pay 20 bucks so that I can play ARMS online and get my butt kicked. You know, I'm going to pay 20 bucks a year so that I can play Splatoon 2 online get my butt kicked, you know. Same thing with any with Mario Kart 8. Now, they did say, we scroll back up on the online page, it says, after the free trial period, most games will require a paid online service subscription from Nintendo in order to play online. Here's the question. Does Mario Kart 8, which is basically a port of a Wii U game, does that translate into this? Because... It feel like Mario Kart 8, as much as I love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on my Switch, it is a Wii U title. And it's a great game, but it's a Wii U title, uh, a fantastic Wii U title, but it still feels like a Wii U title. Like the, the, the online just feels clunky and, and just dumb. It just feels clunky and dumb. Whereas when I play the ARMS Test Punch, that's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. The lobby system that they have is great. So does does Mario Kart 8 jump in with does it continue to get free stuff or does it uh jump in with this online play thing? I think it's probably going to jump into the online play, but uh, only time will tell. All right. So then they've got a uh they've got a um a table here. Uh, what do you get with with Switch Online? You get online gameplay, um, online lobby and voice chat app. You get classic game selection, Nintendo eShop deals. Now, if you are a non-subscriber, you have access to the eShop. You can register and manage friends. You can share screenshots. You can access the Switch Parental Controls app. So it looks like everything that you have right now, you'll continue to have. And then the online stuff, the the eShop deals, the classic games, the voice chat, that uh, that stuff is all going to be free until, well, okay, the online gameplay will be free until 2018. The online voice and chat app will be free until 2018 through a limited version of the app. And then the classic game selection and Nintendo eShop deals, that is not free until 2018. My guess is we are not getting that until 2018. Which makes me think that they may not talk about this at E3, the the classic game stuff. They've got to talk about, I, I really feel like Nintendo absolutely 100% has to talk about their online uh, strategy at E3. They have to. They have to talk about how the voice is going to work. They have to sell it to us. Um Although, apparently, they don't have to sell it to us because the Switch is flying off shelves really, really well. And we've been sitting here in the dark the whole time. Let's see. Um, Prince David in chat says, if we, have, if we have to pay any money for online, I'm expecting to have more quality online experience than I've seen so far. Uh, Prince David, I totally agree with you. However, I personally... And I'm, you know, I'm a small, small sample size, sample size of one. 
I did not experience any disconnects during the um, the arms global test punch. My son did not experience any disconnects. Okay, sample size of two during the uh, arms global test punch. And if we go back to when the first when the switch first came out in that first month, I think it was two weeks after it first came out, we had the Splatoon two test fire. We were driving. Uh, three hours to a uh, to a Taekwondo tournament for my son because he's in Taekwondo. He connected his switch with Splatoon 2 to my phone's hotspot and we're driving down the highway and he was playing he was playing Splatoon 2 in the car. And he didn't receive any disconnects either. So I feel like this idea, I guess, that's not the right word, but it'll do. This idea that Nintendo has really poor uh, online support. I think that's a holdover from before because I, I, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you're wrong. I'm saying that on the Wii and on the Wii U, it was pretty terrible, but with the new games that have come out, um, Splatoon two and, um, arms, I think that those are doing very well. And I didn't run into any connection issues. Now, the online lobby and voice chat app, that remains to be seen. If that stuff is garbage, people are just going to ignore it and use Discord anyway. Uh, but people aren't going to want to pay for online gameplay if the online lobby and voice chat app are not up to par. So Nintendo really does need to explain why, first off, they need to explain why is it that we're doing it this way. Because the, the number one thing that people say and I think that this is a bit of a misnomer, but the one thing that the first thing that people say when when you tell them that the the voice chat is handled through your phone is, "What if I don't have a phone?" And that's a valid argument. But I'm here to tell you, lots most people have phones. I work in a school. We we are in a poor rural area. In that school, ninety five percent of my students who are 14-year-olds, have phones. Like, they have phones. Kids have phones. Everybody's got phones. You got phones coming out of your ears. Everybody's got phones these days. Uh, and if you don't have a phone, they probably have a smart device of some kind that can, that can connect to Wi-Fi to do that. Again, I'm not saying that it's the best solution. I'm, I'm here to tell you it's not the best solution. But it's definitely a solution that we can live with. Um, but what Nintendo has to do is they really need to explain to the, the people watching at E3, they need to explain why did they make this decision. And then after they explain why, then they need to show us why it's okay for, in, for that decision. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to hear from them from E3. All right, man, that was a long segment. So uh, we're going to take a look at... Something else coming up shortly. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Okay, that was a really long uh, segment, so I'm going to try and get the rest of these wrapped up quickly, and I'll try not to be too much of a windbag. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, Nintendo, speaking of E3, Nintendo has talked about or has revealed the times and dates of their tournaments that they're having at E3. I love that Nintendo's doing these tournaments. Um, 
I wish that they did the Nintendo World Championship like they did. I think it was two years ago uh, where they had a bunch of uh, gamers come in and they played. I think they played Splatoon 2. They played Mar- or Splatoon 1, I mean. They played Mario Kart 8. And I think they were also playing Super Mario Maker was like the, the end one. Uh, I thought that that was really cool. And it was very, very fun to watch. Uh, they're not doing Nintendo World Championships this year. I really wish that was an every year thing, but what are we going to get instead? Well, we're getting the uh, 2017 Splatoon 2 World Inkling Invitational and the 2017 Arms Open Invitational. Um, These are going to be on June 13th, and if you want to watch them, I highly recommend that you do. I'm going to be watching, well, what time? it depends on what time that that we're going to be watching them. Oh, yes, yes, I'm going to be watching these. Uh, So, if you are Pacific Time, it's 2.30 p.m. on June 13th. This is the Splatoon one. Uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you live outside of those two areas, you can convert yourself. The Arms Open Invitational is the next day on June 14th. Uh, that's at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I will be definitely watching these. I do believe that Twitch has said that you can, um, what's the word, co-stream these. Uh, I don't know if that's true with Nintendo stuff. I'm going to do some research, and if I can co-stream these, I might. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and if you're wondering, what does he mean, co-stream? I, I stream at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. All right, so it says that it says here that, that we have additional details about both tournaments, including teams, prizes, announcers. They can be found uh, right here. Uh, Nintendo is bringing some incredible social competitive tournaments to this year's E3 uh, video game trade show over the course of two days. Fans around the world can watch online as both pros and amateurs compete for glory in Splatoon 2 and ARMS games, which can only be experienced on the Nintendo Switch console. Fans can watch all the action at e3.nintendo.com as well as Nintendo's YouTube and Twitch channels. Splatoon 2 and ARMS are games that lend themselves perfectly to tournaments, and E3 is an ideal venue to bring people together to compete, said Doug Bowser. I love that this guy's name is Bowser. They, and Nintendo makes jokes about this all the time. There's a guy who works at Nintendo whose name is Doug Bowser. He's the uh, senior VP of sales and marketing at Nintendo of America. Uh, anyway, uh, these friendly tournaments will highlight the fun, competitive nature of these games and Nintendo Switch hardware for people at home and on the show floor. Uh, 2017 Splatoon 2 World Inkling Invitational. Uh, For the first time ever, competitors from four different global regions will compete for world dominance in Splatoon 2. The four four four-person teams, that's kind of hard to say, uh, Deadbeat from the United States, Dianmu from Japan, Rising Moon from Europe, and Blue Ring Octolings from Australia slash New Zealand defeated their rivals in local tournaments that occurred in recent months. So this is the difference between the Splatoon 2 Invitational and the ARMS Invitational. The ARMS one is open. Anybody can compete in that one. So if you think you're really good and you're going to be at E3, then I think we'll, we'll find out if you'll be able to uh, jump there, jump in there. Um, during the show in LA, teams will battle in a round-robin Turf War tournament that will decide seating for the next round. By the way, Turf War is the one where you got to paint as much of the ground as you can, and that's like the whole point of the whole map. Uh, all teams will play one another, and get a chance to scope out their opponent's strengths and weaknesses. In the next round, teams will battle 
In the game's ranked battle modes, the semifinal stage will be a best-of-five battle where the championship will be best-of-seven. This sounds really fun to watch. I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, the winning team of the live stream tournament will win global bragging rights and have their names engraved on a sweet Splatoon 2 trophy. Announcers for Splatoon 2 tournament will be avid Splatoon player, Nintendo fan, athlete, and broadcaster Jordan Kent, Ashley Escada of CNET, and Nintendo's Treehouse, Eric Smith. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, let's see. I'm going to... Oh, this is this is cool. To help kids and squids get the most out of the tournament action prior to E3, Nintendo will release video content highlighting the tactics, strategies, and storylines behind competitive Splatoon play. So I've actually already seen one of these videos. They called it Splat Chat. Uh, they had uh, three, three dudes sitting on a couch. They were talking about um, territory control, and they were kind of explaining how, you know, you always have to make sure that you've inked a way for you to get in and out of an area and that territory control while the the main part of the game is all territory control the supplementary part of the games the ranked modes where you've got like these these other secondary objectives a lot of people focus on just those secondary objectives and they forget that territory control is still really important because by controlling your your um the color of the the ground you're giving your players more ability to move around you're causing the enemy players not to be able to move around as much and so they always like they said that they were watching top players and they were always doing these same things they were making sure that they had a path to run away uh because if you get splatted you're a huge liability to your team so you always gotta know when to drop back into squid form and zip out of there as fast as you can uh and if you don't have that planned out ahead of time then you're not going to know where to go uh, so they were kind of explaining that stuff, and it was actually really interesting to watch. All right, so that's it for Splatoon. Uh, then they th this is much shorter for for the Arms Open Invitational. Um, let's see, the this live stream Arms competition will pit four expert competitive gamers, just four, uh, from the fighting game community. Oh, okay, so I guess it's not everybody. Oh, wait, yes, it is. Let me read it, and then I'll talk about it, for crying out loud, instead of uh, just make, making it up as I go. Uh, this live-streamed arms competition will pit four expert competitive gamers from the fighting game community against E3 attendees who qualify during the event. E3 attendees can visit the Nintendo booth between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, June 14th, for a chance to win a spot in the finals. So anybody can join this. Uh, the top four competitors will be selected to face off against the four pro competitive gamers. This is really interesting. I wonder how much practice the four pro competitive gamers are going to be able to get. Um, I wonder if they're going to get more practice than others because they've been basically hired by Nintendo to do this. Uh, the eight tournament participants will do battle until a champion emerges emerges to win the coveted 2017 Arms Open, Open Invitational Championship belt. It's a belt! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, announcers for the tourney include Super Smash Brothers broadcaster. Okay, I'm not going to read about the announcers and stuff. Let's see. That's still announcers. All right. So anyway, I, I think that these two tournaments are really cool. They're going to be fun to watch, and I am definitely going to be watching them. All right. That's it for tournaments. Let's move on to Amazon. All right, so this is just a PSA, so everybody knows. Uh, Amazon Prime, 
gives you a 20% off gaming discount if you buy uh, new games. I think it's within two weeks of when they first come out. Or if you pre-order them from Amazon, you get a 20% discount, which is awesome. And I have definitely been taking advantage of that. However, they're changing their policy. Uh, it is now, and I can't find the link for it. I saw it and I couldn't find it uh, again. Uh, but it excludes collector's editions. So now, if there's a collector's edition, you're not going to be getting a 20% off discount on that. Not a huge deal for me, personally, because I never buy collector's editions. Um, but just so everybody knows, that way you don't expect to be, to be getting 20% off and you're clicking real fast because you're afraid that the collector's edition is going to sell out. Uh, now you know. You're not getting your discount. Um, toys to Life. So that means Amiibos. Amiibos no longer are going to get this 20% discount. That does affect me. That makes me upset. I'm sad. By the way, speaking of Amiibo, ARMS Amiibos. We've got to have ARMS Amiibos. They've they've got absolutely 100% got to bring those things into the game. My worry is, can they make them so that they're not too fragile with their spindly arms? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, and it's also not going to apply to digital codes. So you won't be able to get a discount on digital codes, which that kind of sucks too, because I've, I've kind of wanted, I have, there's certain games that I want to buy for my switch that I'm either going to buy two copies of because my son and I want to play it at the same time, or it's a game that he will not be allowed to play. And in that case, I want to buy the game digitally just so that I don't have to take the cartridge out or put the cartridge back in one way or the other. And so you're no longer going to be able to use uh, Amazon Prime to get a 20% discount on digital codes either, which uh, that kind of sucks. Um, anyway, that was just a PSA. I want to let everyone know. You get a low score for this game. All right, last story of the day. Microsoft is apparently asking gamers about the Switch which is kind of interesting. Uh, Redmond, uh, Redmond, Microsoft, I just, Redmond's written on the screen, so that's why I said that. Uh, Microsoft had sent out a survey asking gamers to put their their level of interest on consoles on a scale of one to five, one meaning not interested, five is extremely interested. Uh, then they, they're, talk, they're talking about uh, Project Scorpio and saying how great it is and blah, blah, blah. Well, then they said, and you can actually take the survey. If you go to the link in the show notes, there's a link there to, that'll take you to um, that survey. But the survey also asked, what features of Nintendo Switch do you find most appealing? Uh, the options include price, Joy-Con controllers, game catalog, portability, micro SD support, or local multiplayer gameplay. You can select any two of those. Uh, they also ask about the least appealing features of the Nintendo Switch. The choices there are price, game catalog, controllers, lack of backward compatibility, battery life, internal memory, no VR support, technical glitches, and lack of availability. <laughs> I bet you lack of availability is going to be uh, number one there. Um, so let's let's take let's think about this for a second. Is is Microsoft? trying to decide whether or not they should bring out something to compete with the switch i don't think so first off i think that it's too late in um their prod pro product product cycle for them to pivot the scorpio to do anything other than what it's already designed to do it's they, they're touting it as the most powerful gaming 
if I could do an echo on this part, you know, the most powerful gaming console ever. Um, so there's no way that they're going to be trying to take Scorpio and make it portable. And there are people who will read this and think, oh, my God, this, the, the Scorpio is going to be portable. It's not. Calm down. Uh, and, if, and if it is, I'll eat my hat. I won't actually eat my hat. I like this hat. I need it when I mow the lawn. Okay. So what are they doing? Well, they're looking at what features can we easily bring in to the to Project Scorpio, like micro SD support, or maybe uh, controllers that are separate. Maybe I don't know. I don't think that they would even do that. Um, what developers should we go? At? Should we go after developers for Project Scorpio that that uh, focus on local multiplayer gameplay? You know, that kind of thing. So they're trying to see if those things are important to their customers. Um, and then the other part, the least appealing features, I think that they're looking for talking points for E3. I think that they are looking for... We asked we asked people what they thought of the Nintendo Switch, and they said that they didn't like its controllers or its lack of backwards compatibility. Look at our fancy $150 controller that we can sell you. Look at the backwards compatibility catalog that the Xbox One has with the Xbox 360. I think that here they're looking for talking points so that they can kind of throw Nintendo under the bus. Not because I think that Nintendo... I mean, Nintendo constantly says we are not in competition with Sony and Microsoft. They are in competition with Sony and Microsoft. They sell a very different product. It does not directly compete. But if I only have so many dollars, they are competing for my dollars. Even if the products are widely different. They're both video game platforms. And so they are competing in, on some level. It is a very different purchase. So you don't you don't buy the Switch for the same reasons that you buy the Xbox One or the PS4 for. That's where I should have done those in a different order. Um, you don't buy them for the same reasons. Uh, so Nintendo, or I'm sorry, Nintendo. I'm not used to talking about Microsoft when I'm on this podcast. Um, so Microsoft is looking at this, and I think they're just looking for a way to get information that they can put on slides behind them when the guy in the suit comes out and he talks at their press conference at E3. We will see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Um, take the survey and let me know what you guys picked. So this has been an epically long episode today. And that is all the time that we have for uh, today. If there's a story that I missed, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can let me know. One way that you can let me know that I can't believe I've never told you guys about before is our Discord channel. If you go to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, you can join our Discord channel and jump in on that conversation that we have uh, just about every day. We're always talking about video games over there. So join the Discord and, uh, you know, you can talk to me. It'll be fun. You can talk to a lot of really awesome people. Uh, by the way, Congrats to uh, Paralegal Princess. She knows why. Um, other ways that you can get a hold of me, you can leave a voicemail 
and I might play it on the show. The voicemail number is 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can email me at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Just include the subject line switchcraft. And you can use the Twitter hashtag, AskSwitchCraft, or you can just shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. If you are looking for ways to support the show, the number one best way for you to support the show is to give us reviews. Right now we've got four five-star reviews, which is awesome. It's really great, and I really appreciate those of you that have, that have reviewed the show so far. But right now that's not enough to give us an average rating. And if we've got an average rating, then we've got no rating. So when people are looking through, they look and they say, oh, the list got, this has no rating. I'm not going to bother listening to it. Whereas if it has an average rating, maybe they'll check it out. Um, so if you just... Uh, if you just go to iTunes and record, um, write your review, that would be awesome. Other ways that you can support the show, uh, my wife makes ridiculously cool dock socks and Nintendo-themed um, zippered pouches at her Etsy page, which is, I'm holding it up for the Twitch chat right now, and the green screen is screwing everything up, but these are these uh, zippered pouches where you can put stuff in. Uh, we all, she also makes dock socks, which are really cool looking. They make your Nintendo Switch dock look even cooler than it already does. Um, if you want to check that out, that's at etsy.com slash shop slash run jump stomp. If you want to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash run jump stomp. And if you want to, if you buy things from Amazon and you just go to runjumpstomp.com slash support, all the links that I've already said, plus an, an Amazon link, um, will be there where you can buy stuff from Amazon. It doesn't actually cost anything extra and I get a cut. So thank you so much for listening to the show today. You guys have an awesome one and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. This podcast and others like it are part of the Run Jump Stomp Gaming Network. For more information on where you can find content like this, go to runjumpstomp.com.